with hopes of inspiring them and reminding them that our experience, our journey, and our stories matter. Welcome back to Beyond the Studio. My name is Gayatri Sabrayan, and I'm really excited for today's episode. I'm joined here today with a very dear friend of mine, Jamie, aka Miss J from the Buffalo Burlesque Studio. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Gayatri. How are so nice you? To be here. I'm wonderful. Yeah, I'm honored I'm so ex- to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, Jamie and I have had the pleasure of working together, taking dance classes together, um, you know, from one another over the years. And it's just been a beautiful friendship, I feel like we have created. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, this is a huge honor to have you on um, because you're also a huge role model to me. Oh, girl, the feeling <sighs> is mutual. Right back here. <laughs> Well, before we dive into things, um, I always like to start episodes off with just a quick tune in and check in um, Mm -hmm. and kind of get us into the present moment. Um, So I invite you as well as our listeners, if you're able to close your eyes and bring one hand on heart center, sitting upright, navel into the spine. Neck long, shoulders away from the ears, slight separation in the lips, relax the jaw, and take a deep breath in, holding it at the top for four, three, two, one. We exhale, holding it at the bottom for four, three, two, one, inhale, holding it at the top for four, three, two, one, a little longer exhale and holding it at the bottom for four, three, two, one. Mm. And at your own time, at your own pace, slowly open the eyes and join us here as we dive into what I feel is going to be such an inspiring conversation. Thank you guys, Gaitre. I needed that. And I knew, because I'm such a fan of the podcast, I knew that we were going to be doing that. And I was that's all I could think about last night before I went to bed was how uh, you have this ability to bring that peace and serenity into my soul. So thank you for that. Oh my goodness. Wow, thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. And, you know, our listeners, I've, I've heard also from many of you as well saying that you really enjoy the way how the podcast starts. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And, you know, it just means the world to me. But being able to just bring us all here in this moment is what's important to me. So thank you. Uh-huh. Mm, all right. So mm-hmm. I really want Jamie to just kick things off and just because she has a long list of the things that she does mm-hmm. and who she is, where she is right now in her life and the stuff that she is currently working on. So can you just give our listeners um, some background about you and what you do? Well, I'll try to sum it up as best I can. I'll only pick the highlights of my life uh, because I have lived such a colorful life. Uh, and because I'm older, I've had a lot more opportunity to really fit a bunch of experiences in there. Uh, but what I'm mostly known for is my burlesque uh, career. Uh, I am a 
and I don't say this lightly, I say it with great pride and honor that I am a professional burlesque performer. Uh, I've been performing for audiences, not just behind closed doors, you know, locked up in my room dancing in front of my mirror, but for, for real, uh, for almost 20 years. I am the one of the founding mothers of Buffalo's longest burlesque troupe. We're called the Strip Teasers. And uh, I opened up the Buffalo Burlesque Studio in 2017 uh, with the hopes and you know dreams of sharing my passion for the style of burlesque with just anybody I could get through those doors. When I started doing burlesque, it was after I had, um, you know, traveled and was married and divorced already. I was 26 years old. Um, I thought I had been washed up and that I was old at 26. Okay. But that's how 26 year olds, that's how they think. <laughs> and so, um, I was in a very dark place because for so many years, I had been living for other people um, to get their approval or to help them get their lives on track. And I felt like everybody could see this light inside of me, except for me. And that they, they were no dummies. They used me to get ahead and to be happy and successful and i was more than happy to do it it's just that when those people that i had uh you know crossed paths with um they went separately on their you know for the rest of their life journey my time was limited with them and so when i came back to buffalo um, after my first divorce, I didn't have money. I didn't have a college degree because I was a college dropout for one of the reason, one of the, you know, uh, experience I just talked about, about living for other people. Um, I put all of my dreams off to the side. And for so long, I, I didn't give myself a chance to think about what I wanted in life. So it just happened to be that one of my darkest moments at 26 years old, without a pot to piss in, um, that I stumbled across an opportunity to get up on a bar top and convince the owner of the, of the bar that I was going to do a burlesque routine. <laughs> and she said yes, thinking she thought that I had already had experience, that I knew what I was doing. And honestly, I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no experience, really. Um, I didn't really even know much about burlesque, except for that um, I had just met Vita Von Keys the year before. And, you know, and when I say met her, I mean, like, we hung out all night long and I picked her brain about everything burlesque and I wanted to know how she got to where she was in her life. Um, but it was one night only, not knowing that it was a seed that was planted inside of me. Now, when I got onto that bar top and I did my little dance, I was terrified. I was a very insecure I, I have no other word but to say prudish, conservative, um, on the inside. On the outside, everybody thought I was this, you know, uh, you know, life of the party kind of gal that was free and, you know, free-spirited. But when it came to exposing my body or being um, in a provocative manner, it terrified me but I was doing it anyway. It was almost like this other part of my, my body or my spirit, my mind, my personality was sort of telling that conservative person to just be quiet, go into the corner because the party animal is gonna come out and this brave 
voluptuous, free-spirited, ultra-feminine powerhouse is going to get out there and perform and get over all of her insecurities. And I'm not going to do it for that sexual, um, deviant, uh, you know, um, reason that like that wasn't my intention. My intention was to have fun and get over my my fright and my fears. And so when I got up there, I, it's funny because I can sort of remember, but then I can't. Uh, parts of me were numb. And I think it was just that me trying to tell my, you know, logical, reasonable side to just be quiet for a minute and just let me have some fun because I've had a really <laughs> challenging time. <laughs> Uh, it was just exhilarating and liberating. And I knew at the moment that when I took off my sparkling gown and I was exposed with a bikini on, God forbid, um, I knew that I was probably going to feel some level of regret. But after, because once you're on stage, the show must go on. Like you have mm -hmm. finished that dance, girl. <laughs> so I finished and I finished, I went out with a bang and the kids loved it. And um, through the years, I just kept doing it um, because I knew that even afterwards, even if I was almost, I, I hate to say ashamed, but there was a sense of shame because there was such a stigma and a stereotype mm -hmm. that I that I didn't feel stigmatized. I did, or I shouldn't say that. I sh let me reword that. I didn't feel dirty or wrong for what I was doing mm -hmm. because those weren't my intentions. And the shame that I felt was the preconceived notion that I assumed that people would think that of me but yeah. I had it took me many years to realize I'm not a psychic or a mind reader and that just because I think I know what somebody's thinking may not always be and so when I was on stage I didn't think about those feelings i didn't think about what people would think about me because i really loved that feeling of being on stage and not having that pressure of being um sort of uh you know glamorous yeah. and beautiful and admired and desired it felt really good and i knew that because i was on stage I was safe, yeah. you know, I wasn't doing it in a room full of strangers, uh, being exposed uh, vulnerably to just anyone just touching me or grabbing me. I could do it safely on a mm -hmm. stage. And it was something that I really didn't come to realize until a little bit later that I was trying to take back that strong, uh, you know, feminine power that I wasn't allowed to develop as a young girl. And um, it, that's, I mean, that's in a nutshell, my therapy, it, it was, burlesque was my therapy. It helped me overcome just so many uh, things in my life, past trauma, uh, my upbringing, and uh, just, you know, being 26 and, you know, cause I, I was young. I didn't realize that I was young, but I still had those insecurities. I didn't have that strong, wise, older woman voice mm. um, yet. And uh, when I opened up the studio, I had already been with the strip teasers. Cause I, you know, when I was dancing, obviously like how the strip teasers were born, it was girls came up to me and instead of saying you're you're a dirty you know stripper they said i want to do what you do 
I want to have that look in, in my eyes like you do when mm-hmm. you're up there. It, I've never seen anything like this. You just look like you're enjoying your life. And it, I want to feel that way. And I said, really? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so um, there were a few girls that I would, you know, we would all get together and I would make some food and we would drink some wine and we would just brainstorm about just putting together little shows and then the strip teasers just uh grew and uh we just celebrated our 16th year um last uh, april and we didn't to, yeah we didn't get to do our 16 our sweet 16 party oh. at the pandemic but uh you know we've been around so this year we're going on 17 years and um when i opened up my dance studio it was um just something where I wanted people to know they didn't have to get on stage to feel the feelings that I have felt over the years. Um, obviously, burlesque dancing is, you know, when you're a burlesque performer, that's different um, than burlesque dancing, I think, for yourself or knowing how to do burlesque dancing. You don't have to get on stage to learn the craft and to learn the magic um, because I discovered that, uh, you know, burlesque is so much more than being in a, you know, rhinestone encrusted, uh, you know, costume with feathers and, um, you know, bright red lipstick and glitter. It's much more than that. And that you don't have to have one with the other. You can, you can still get that confidence and that strength and that courage and that power um, and sparkle from the inside. That's where it really counts. It's just that people that discovered burlesque, and especially when I'm done with you, uh, you're going to want to show the world how good you look and how good you feel and you're going to want to do it in front of a live audience someday because it's just the most magical experience but um you know i could give you my entire bio but we don't have that kind of time guy train but i feel (laughs) i wanted (laughs) i just wanted to you know share with the audience listening um i think that burlesque is so important in my life that I wanted to share it with other people. And I didn't want anyone to assume or think that you had to be a performer to to know how magical and incredible burlesque can be in somebody's life. And um, I've been very grateful and very uh, fortunate to be able to do it for as long as I have um, and to share it with, with others. I'm just, uh, amazed that I could, could do it as long as I have. And I really feel that I will not stop anytime soon. Mm, I hope you don't. No way. I hope you <laughs> No, I mean, I feel like you're just like, such a wonderful individual and the energy that you put out there you know I've taken a few classes with you and you know followed you for quite some time um, but the energy that you put out there and what you bring uh, for just speaking for myself um, but the life that you bring in me when I see you perform and when I'm following you through a tutorial or a class um, it's something that I don't always feel. And I think that that is very yes. special. That's very yes. special, a very special treat that you have. So thank you for, for doing what you do. Oh, Gayatri, <laughs> I love that. I love that you get it because that is why I do what I do. But sometimes I wonder and question, are they going to get it? Do they yeah. understand that there's a, you know, of meaning and a, a reason why I do the things that I do. And it's, yeah, I want to tap into that feeling that we don't always get to feel that way. 
And it's really special when you're able to bring that out and enjoy it. And I think, um, you know, as performing artists, you know, I think that's exactly what we want for our audiences is for them to feel something, you know, for them to actually walk away with a feeling and not just like, oh, that was a great show that I saw, right? It's more like, this is a good feeling that I have in me after seeing this. Yes. And I think that that is definitely how we stand out from the others. There are there, I mean, bless the ones that are visually beautiful and that give it their all, um, no matter what it is, because we want everyone to be able to dance and move and express themselves um, and just to tap into their artistic side. But when you know that you have this, uh, this power, the superpower of making people feel what they just saw mm -hmm. that is i mean i take that very seriously as not only um you know a super cool superpower but <laughs> also that now i have a, a duty uh, i have an obligation to humanity like that is my purpose mm -hmm. you know like i feel that if i have that ability to make people feel um I should try and make as many people feel that as possible. I just feel a calling to do that. You know, because you do it to me, just like <laughs> I do it to you. <laughs> okay. And this is another one where we can go back and forth and just lose each other's ego all day long. All <laughs> but, you know, you talked about something that's, of course, part of this conversation um, is purpose and serving your purpose and living your purpose. So how, and you're doing that by teaching and, and connecting with others, you know, how yeah. do you feel like, have you, have you confirmed that this is your purpose uh, and, how, and how did you go about knowing that it's your purpose? Well, I think that through the years, it opened up and became clearer every every time i felt a connection with other people the light got brighter right the sign the neon sign was flashing brighter in my face saying hey i think this is your purpose mm -hmm. um when really in the beginning it was just this incredible feeling it was almost like a, an adrenaline rush of um you know just this this light inside me was getting brighter and brighter and it just felt really good it just felt good to make other people feel good and when I was uh before I opened up my actual studio I was teaching classes because people wanted to know how to do what I do and I am I don't want to you know toot my own horn but i'm toot done away. I'm toot toot away. please I'm toot it <laughs> toot that I, horn please i am really good at what i do hell okay? yeah you are i'm not saying i'm the best i'm not the best there ever was because everybody's got different tastes and different preferences so what one pe one person thinks is the best another person may not like but i know that when i do something i put all of my heart and soul into it and I want it to be perfect mm -hmm. so if people want to do what I do and my name is attached to that I'm going to make sure that you're going to be perfect so I would teach these little workshops and I would gather a group of folks and teach them how to become actual burlesque performers and um, my very first workshop I gathered about 10 gals taught them for six weeks how to do your hair, your makeup, how to get a costume, pick the perfect song, what kind of dance you're going to do. And then at the end of the six weeks, we had an actual recital. And they would all dance in front of their peers, their family members. And it was just wow. The first workshop, though, I had the girls sign up 
they had no idea what to expect. They didn't, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect when it came to tapping into people being insecure and vulnerable and terrified and having stage fright and cold feet, right? Right. And so I, I wasn't trained in that department to deal with 10 people from all walks of life <laughs> and convince them to get on stage and take their pants off in front of people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one, but I was in it to win it. Once mm -hmm. we started, I couldn't back out of it. I couldn't say, hey, you know, this is too much for me to handle. This is a lot of pressure. I'm not a trained psychologist or a psychiatrist or a, a counselor. I'm not a coach. I don't know. I didn't know if I had it, the ability to convince them, but I didn't stop to ask myself if I had the ability to, to convince them. I just did it. Mm. And through that workshop, I bonded with these girls because I saw me in my beginning in them. So I took my experiences and my thoughts and I shared it with them. And I was just real with them. And I said, if I can do this, anybody can do this. And when I see you, I see me. And when they heard those words, they're like, but when I see you, you're a superstar. And I was like, yeah, and so are you. You just don't see it yet. I'm your future. Mm -hmm. And so it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. It was one of the most rewarding. So I kept doing it. I kept teaching these recital workshops because the word got out. They Either people will come see the shows or their friends had taken the recital workshops and they wanted to join. And it became so popular that I was like, wow, I think I could actually make some money off of this. Hmm. And I didn't think of making money for like profit and like going on extravagant vacations and buying a beautiful wardrobe and designer purses. <laughs> I thought I can make money to invest in this dream and just get more people to dance. And the only way I can do that is by getting my own studio. So I thought, you know, I'll do that so I can just get more people in all the time. But I didn't want them to think that they had to do the recital because through the years, people would say, oh, I would love to do what you do, but I just, I just want to do it for me. And I thought, you know what, you're right. You should be able to. So my purpose became more and more clear as I realized that I didn't have to push people onto a stage. I just had to push them to their limits internally and know that if they just fall back, I would catch them. And, you know, like it was okay if they felt because I would catch them and I would push them right back up and they would still feel beautiful and there were no mistakes or wardrobe malfunctions or bad hair days you you know like I wanted them to know that it was okay to feel glamorous and beautiful with their sweatpants on you know and their sneakers they didn't have to be all glamorous on the outside and that was I mean those were the best three years of my life having that studio and then when the pandemic hit it just happened to be that my lease was up I closed the studio and I didn't know if my purpose was cut off for a while because I was so physically connected with people by mm -hmm. dancing with them and, and teaching them and being in a, an actual room with people. So I thought, huh, you know, like, is that it? Is that all there is as a dance mm -hmm. teacher? Like, what do I do? And I just, uh, I knew that it was, it wasn't just about the dancing. It was um, being able to connect with people, even if it was virtually, 
which I really had to try and figure that out. How am I going to do that? Um, especially with what I did for a living for so many years with the music aspect of playing copyrighted music on social media, that's been an obstacle. So I really had to think outside the box. And I think that it really sealed the deal through this pandemic, what my purpose was, is that yes, dancing and teaching dance, that is my calling. But my purpose is to just reach out to as many people as I can and share my passion and share my coping mechanisms and my therapeutic way of thinking through dance and expression. Um, and no, I already know that it works. I know that it changes people's lives. Uh, so I'm just grateful that I was able to not lose my sense of purpose even during the pandemic. Mm, yeah. yeah. And this episode is actually being aired um, almost at a year, the Anna, can we call it an anniversary? Ooh. Oh God. Um, yeah. But, you know, this episode is coming up in March. And so, um, you know, we've, 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 we've made done it here, it. kind of being here in this situation. What are some things that you learned about yourself during the pandemic, you know? Because you went through a uh, lot of, a lot uh, of different uh, roller coaster rides from what we've yeah. talked about but you know yeah. what have you learned about yourself during this time that as long as there's breath in my body i have a chance to keep going and that some days are going to be easier and some days are going to be harder but there's always going to be a next day you know um i made it this far and if i can get through this i i have a feeling I might be able to get through another year. <laughs> um, I, I have really learned a lot about um, our dance community, that we were more than just physical dancers, that we had so much more to us and that we really all came together because we knew that some of us were not going to take this easily, that some of us were gonna have a really, really hard time with it. And we all reached out to one another and you know, inspired each other and connected with each other to say, hey, you're more than just a physical body, but your dance isn't, it, your body isn't the only part of you that dances, that your mm. heart dances as well. And as long as that heart stays dancing, then we can get through this. And this isn't forever. And even if it was, we've got this. And we will just have to make it work. And I just felt such a camaraderie and unity with that, that it kept me motivated it got a fire under my butt even when i was trying to figure out if i was going to have a job if i was going to be able to provide for my son and his schooling and my health issues and just um you know my friends and my family if they were being safe and smart and not you know getting exposed to things and doing the right thing i just there was so much to so much weight to bear but knowing that i had this this close uh bond with my dance community that i never really um acknowledged how incredible it was until the pandemic hit i almost felt like i took advantage of it and took it for granted and mm -hmm. i'm so grateful for that opportunity and uh, i hope that others in the dance community um, you know, felt what I did. I never really expressed it in words until now, you know, and I, I got a little emotional saying the words because it was something I'd always felt, but I never expressed it to anyone. So if any of our dance communities listening, I just want to say thank you for being there 
um, because even if it just helps one person, it's all worth it, right? And it helped me. So I'm very grateful to my, my dance family. Mm, yeah, mm. oh my gosh. I think you just like summed it up so beautifully and it's so true, um, you know, especially with one thing that you said, you know, we're more than just this physical body and dancing beyond our bodies and with our heart. That just, mm -hmm. you just melted me there for a second. Oh. And it just, it's so true. It's so true it because is. I feel like one of the things that we did a lot of, I mean, I'm again, I'm talking, talking to, about myself here, um, mm -hmm. that I know I did a lot of was just think that I could only move and connect with people through actual like performances or right. shows. But there's so much more to us and how we connect to audiences. Um, on a whole nother level and a that's whole the pandemic. Level. I feel like we've grown. I've expanded my ability to connect with people as a dancer yes. by not, you know, like with, with my dancing heart. And one of the things I've always said in, in my lessons is that don't be so concerned about hitting the perfect point um, or having, you know, like uh, just your, your form to be solid because when the heart dances the body will follow mm. so you must let that be the leader you must let your heart lead mm. and it's really important and it, it's that's what's gotten me through i think was yes. my dancing heart <laughs> oh i love that yes <laughs> absolutely um i would i want to take some time now to just you know talk about something that's happening in your life and that has happened over a few years now mm -hmm. and you've had like an injury that mm -hmm. you can go more in depth about of what you choose to you know talk about but also just you know we have the injury and then um we have the injury and then we have like just as you're getting older how you're keeping dance alive yeah. for yourself Okay, I'm so excited to talk about this because I feel it's really important, uh, not only for the dance community, but just um, people in general uh, that may experience, uh, you know, an injury or a health issue that they feel is going to hinder their their quality of life. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been dancing my whole life. I swear I was dancing before I could walk. Um, you know, I was just that kind of girl where I was just um, always expressing myself through dance and motion. And I would, you know, just fantasize about being a ballerina and fantasize about tapping uh, with, you know, Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. Like I was in between them watching the movies. Uh, and I got lost in that world. And um, as I got older, especially a teenager, um, when you are dancing, whether it be with a dance company or cheerleading um, or just uh, being an athlete, I was very athletic in high school and I was a cheerleader and we were very, very like uh, serious about it. Um, and we were like one of those, you know, squads that went to nationals and I mean, we were in it to win it. And our coaches were very hard on us. And I suffered a very painful groin injury uh, in one of my um, practices. And I was very young at the, at the time and I didn't realize that because it healed, you know, but it just, I could always feel the hints, uh, you know, that that distant um, ache, but it, it, it never stopped me from dancing or thinking that I'd never be able to dance because I was still mm -hmm. young, so I could heal faster, right? Mm -hmm. Well, as I kept dancing, um, I because I'd never seen a doctor for it, I didn't think I had to. Mm -hmm. um, I danced and I danced, and through my career, um, you know, I probably put a little too much wear and tear uh, because I, I know that um, and as I get into the rest of the conversation, the story, um, you know, you'll realize that I didn't just have that one side. 
that one groin injury wasn't what sealed the deal for me. Um, as I got older, I started to feel a lot of stiffness and pain and my, um, my ability to be limber and flexible was not there anymore. I was stiff as a board and I couldn't open up my hips. I couldn't kick my legs up as high as I used to. And I just assumed that it was because I wasn't dancing the other forms of dance. So I was, you know, I wasn't exercising and stretching like I used to for my contemporary style dance or for my ballet, um, you know, or cheerleading. So I just thought, oh, it's just because I'm not, you know, I'm just a little rusty and I'm getting older. And so when I finally started to uh, feel intense, excruciating pain, I knew something was awry. Mm. So one day after I was done teaching a class in my studio, this constant shooting pain that would always happen um, didn't go away after this class. And usually it would just like be a sharp bolt of pain and then it would just disappear. Well, this happened to be a time where the pain did not go away. I was by myself because all of my students had left the studio and I was paralyzed on the ground and I mm. couldn't reach my phone. It was on my desk on the other side of the studio. Uh, I was helpless and it, the pain was so bad that I thought I was gonna die there on the floor. And it was probably a good 10, 15 minutes before I uh, had the ability to just calm down, take it easy. And for probably two weeks, I couldn't bend over to put my socks on. Um, I couldn't get dressed without pain. I couldn't get into my car properly. It was terrible. So my doctor, uh, so I, I went to go to my doctor and said, this it sounds like an arthritis issue. I'm gonna send you to an orthopedic. Mm. And when I got my x-rays back, he told me that I had the hips of a 75 year old woman. Now mind you, I was only 40 or 41 at the time. He said I had the hips of a 75 year old woman and the one hip was completely like destroyed. It was deteriorated. It was literally uh, crumbling. There was no cartilage in the joint and it was bone on bone and I was damaging the bone. I hate to get graphic, but um, <laughs> I think it's important. It's important to know that these things happen. Yes. And the other hip was better than, than the really bad one, but it was definitely on its way out as well. There was severe arthritis in my, in my hip joints. And it was from being so passionate about dance, I think, that my love for the craft got me and I indulged. And so um, I, my whole world crumbled right mm -hmm. then and there because I, he told me that I immediately, as of that moment, could not do my aerobics classes anymore. I was not to be jogging or running, putting any high impact on my body ever again. That's it, we're done. Case closed, close the book. And I just, I mean, my ears, I could feel like um, that ringing in your ear where you almost deaf. And my heart, I couldn't feel anything. I was, I could feel cold, ice cold, and, and super boiling hot at the same time. I was so devastated. And I also, the business part of me was, I have a dance studio. I have to dance to pay the rent. What do I do? I was, uh, the first thing I did after he gave me the diagnosis was I called the therapist and said, I think I'm gonna have a breakdown so I think I should probably schedule an appointment. I've never had professional therapy before, but I feel that this may be an appropriate time to uh, jump on that train. And, um, you know, for the first couple of days I moped and I was just dead inside. 
my dreams were gone. Everything I worked so hard for, all those, uh, you know, ambitious goals of sharing my passion with the world, I couldn't do. And I was, uh, I was just a rock. But you know what? Um, I got really sick and tired of feeling like that. I really did. And when I was able to listen to the doctor and, and stop doing such high impact, I started to feel better. And I'm like, huh, well, the pain is going away. What do you know? But I could still move. I wasn't completely, you know, frozen. I just couldn't move the way I used to. So I started to try and figure out what I could still do. And I realized there was a lot I could still do. Mm -hmm. And when I went to see a physical therapist, all of the moves, <laughs> I kid you not, all these exercises and strength training that he was teaching me, I was teaching to my students in my chair dance class. Mm. And, and I would tell them, like, oh, I know how to do this. This is what I teach in my class. And he then why are you here? Why don't you just go and teach your classes and give yourself your physical therapy and still do what you love? Yes. And I thought to myself, do you mean I can still do what I love? Just not as much. And, you know, and as we get older, <clears throat> that goes for anything. You know, I can't eat as much as I want to. I can't <laughs> drink as much as I want to. Um, so it was this, this uh, moment of clarity to say, hey, you don't have to be done with this. Yeah. You can still do things that bring you joy. You can still move. And maybe your calling is a little bit different now. I mean, Gaitre, I'm no spring chicken. So, I mean, this was inevitable. Obviously, I can't dance um, like I did when I was in my 20s, even if I did have healthy hips. I'm 44 years old. Mm -hmm. So maybe, I mean, I do know that I am a lot more ambitious and high energy than a lot of 44-year-olds I know. So I've got to be grateful for that. But what if those those folks that want to join me in a dance lesson or, you know, just pick my brain on, you know, life experiences, maybe I can share my way of dealing with this with them. Absolutely. Especially in the dance community. My God, I mean, there's injuries left and right. I have so many friends that had dreams of going to new york and you know traveling the world with dance companies and broadway um and you know that those injuries that they sustained just changed everything for them um and it it can be extremely devastating but what i've learned is that it doesn't have to be the end it's just that we have to go down a different path. When one door closes, I hate to use the old cliche, but <laughs> another one will open. Sometimes I got to slam a few doors before I find the one that I like. It's like open, no, wait, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Next. No. Bye. I know, but you know, those things, there's a rhyme and reason. And exactly. I, I definitely get what you mean by that. And so, you know, it ha I do have um, days where I am completely uh, emo like immobile and I cannot move. And um, those days really bother me because I want my, my mind and my heart, they want to dance, they want mm -hmm. to move, but my body just won't allow it. Mm. But I rest it, I tend to it, and I, I, I you know, I, I, I approach the task at hand. And if that means that I have to take care of my body, then so be it. And I'm just grateful that I am able to recuperate and I am able to keep dancing as long as I possibly can. 
but I'm not going to let it destroy me. I'm not going to let it because I have the ability to decide whether or not it's going to destroy me. And this pandemic, I kid you not, it has helped me really handle my arthritis issue and handle the fact that, you know, I, I'm not physically uh, fit like I used to be, but I don't have to be dancing physically every day to have that music stir me. Yeah. And so, um, and as we get older, that's reality. You're not going to move like you used to, and that's okay. That's all right. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be your goal to dance like you did when you were younger. You should embrace who you are at, at that stage of your life and accept it and deal with it the best way that you can, because that's what life's all about. Mm-hmm. So I true. know, girl. So deep today. We're getting so <laughs> deep today. But I love oh. it. And this is what I love about our conversations, you know, whether we're on the phone or I, I mean, I remember... I think it was like, and I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was a week after you received your diagnosis from the doctor, you actually came over to my house. Do you remember that? Oh my God. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I needed to know what to do with the business. I needed yeah. to know, I just needed to reach out to somebody yeah. and you were the first person I thought of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, like I could just, I knew that I knew in that moment, and I, I think I mentioned this to you, that this is not the end for you, and you're going to get through it. You um, did say that. Yes, you and did. It was, it was just, I, I knew that you have this amazing drive and passion in you that, you know, even though this may be a little bit of a roadblock, it's just a roadblock. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't end your path. It doesn't end your journey, you know, and I knew that. And, you know, that's such a, a wonderful thing for you to point out. Because at that moment, I didn't feel anything, right? I was in such a dark, dark place. And that super fun, optimistic gal that I was, I didn't see her or feel her or know her at that moment. But you did. You know, you saw it. And that's the beauty of having um, just very special people in your life. And that was another thing too, is that during dark moments of my life, um, my troop, my fellow burlesque troop uh, family and the strip teasers, they held me up just like you did when I couldn't, when I literally couldn't um, lift my myself up or my spirits up, you were there. And subconsciously, I knew, like, if I just reached out to you, even though I was moping and, uh, you know, was sad-faced in front of you, (laughs) you're like, you got this. You're fine. Everything's fine. And I believed it. I didn't show it, but I I knew I was in the right place. I knew I needed your energy there. Mm. And I think it's really important that, um, especially for our dancers out there that may sustain an injury, um, or any kind of limitation, any kind of health issue or um, emotional or mental block, you know, mm-hmm. that there are, you, you can reach out to people and just have their energy fill your void yeah. until you're ready to get back up again. You don't have to act like you're feeling it at the moment. You don't mm-hmm. have to put on a, a fake smile. You don't have to be in agreement. You can be down and miserable, but just being around good energy to fill that void, Mm -hmm. that is key. And when the dust settled, I got back up, I brushed the dust off of me, and I kept going. Yes, (laughs) I did. It was wonderful. You know, thank um, you. Thank you for being there for me. Oh my God. You're welcome. I mean, you held me up during the summer when I was going through a lot of stuff, but it's just one of the things that is coming to me is, um, of course, uh, another cheesy quote, right? <laughs> another cheesy quote is that, 
you're only broken to let light in. And I think that light comes in through different people as well. So oh. they're able to help fill those cracks within you to guide you to your next chapter or your yeah. next, the other part of your journey. So just being able to be broken for a little bit can also help to heal you. And to know that we have the ability to heal. Yes. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine going through life without being broken at least once mm -hmm. to know the, the miracle of healing. Yes. It changes you. It really Absolutely. changes you. Another and we, one, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. <laughs> oh, girl. Sam, you got to do an inspirational quote calendar. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you, you help bring this out in me, but, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, yeah, those, those things, I mean, we just have to listen to them and we have to just like be, be comfortable with sometimes being broken. Exactly. And you know, that's the beauty of being human. I, I know that when people meet me or they engage with me, that I'm this super happy, uh, joyful spirit, full of life and lustful, you know, flavor and zest. But in reality, <laughs> I am just as salty. You know, I got all the flavors, girl, all the flavors. I'm salty and sweet. Okay? <laughs> and um, spicy. <laughs> and, oh, and a little spicy. Yeah. But, uh, it's so important to know that just because somebody appears to be happy all the time doesn't mean that that is um, their reality and that is not your goal is to be like this because that's not normal, it's not natural. And um, sometimes we, we've, we tend to not recognize that we all have stories. There's a reason why I'm happy. It's because I overcame misery. <laughs> I overcame <laughs> it. And now I am grateful. So, um, yeah, you know, we just, there's so much more to a person's story or their persona. And we just have to um, be able to recognize that. There's so much more that we don't even know about people. It yeah. makes it so wonderful to be alive and yeah. be uh, human you know mm -hmm. and it's just just like the alicia Keys song because i listen to it non-stop it's like just when you take a moment to look up and just like listen you can hear so much more about someone else when you just take that moment right oh oh god i got the chills yes <laughs> yes exactly. exactly we just need to yeah the stories are important and you know this is why i love this platform and being able to talk to my friends and fellow mm -hmm. artists who um we don't always get to show this side of us right. you know we're on stage or we're performing or there's some type of exhibition and there's just there's just not enough time to really share this other part of who we are that makes our art our art right like don't you want to know what made that dancer want to be a dancer exactly what is their you know, inspiration, like what are they feeling and thinking when they're yeah. moving? I want to know people's stories. I want to know how they got there. I want to know about the blood, sweat and tears you put into practice and formation and creating that, that routine and that piece. Like what was the meaning behind it? What made you want to do that? Yeah, and I'm just so grateful that you could share, that have us share our stories like this. It's so cool. I love it, I love it. You know, for me, it's always just been about like, what is your spark and how does that really come into your artwork? You know, like how mm -hmm. is it that you are, that you are pouring yourself into what you do? And the pandemic was a very hard time and I saw a lot of my friends go through a lot of turmoil and stress mm -hmm. and depression. Mm -hmm. um, but then seeing them, you know, maneuver their way around it, not saying that it all just went away, um, there's stories there and there's stories mm -hmm. that I wanted to capture. Um, yeah. 
and when we are able to perform again i really see everyone doing things so differently because oh. they will be speaking truly from the heart yes. truly from the heart it comes from the heart now because we've all had it, that experience of it just being taken away from us so mm -hmm. and i I'm feel excited. like people that will watch us our audiences will be able mm. to connect to us more you know on a, level, on a level they never even knew that they could reach Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, honestly, I can't, when I am able to dance again in public, I'm going to be dancing up in the streets, like yeah. taking it to the streets, literally. <laughs> it's going to be like block parties for days. Oh know? my God, we should totally do a block party performance. Okay, all right. <laughs> Listen, I grew up in the Bronx. We used to do block parties like every summer, like close off the blocks. Yeah, close off the blocks. Get the fire hydrant going. Like we're gonna we're gonna do this. Like this is how we're gonna throw it down and then we're, everybody's just gonna be out until like past two AM because none of this none of this curfews exist Nobody's in New York sleeping. City. Sleeping. <laughs> we're taking shifts. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna do that. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be a plan, I feel Jane. All right. Mm. Oh, I love this. I love the energy. I really do. <sighs> This has mm -hmm. been I tree. I it has been wonderful. Oh, this is such a a wonderful conversation with you. Thank you for this opportunity. Mm, thank I you. Feel, I feel um, you know, like recharged. I think I needed this and I'm really mm. grateful. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I love that. I do. <laughs> um one other thing that I wanted to ask you before we part ways. Um you know, what do you want our listeners to take away from today's episode? I mean, hopefully they can know that my story isn't just my story. I mean, yes, I'm grateful that I have my identity and it's my story for me to hold on to and keep as sacred, but we all can relate somehow. And if my story can touch just one of your listeners to let them know that they are not the only one that has had so many drastic ups and downs um, that I truly feel that um, self-love is not selfish. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to let that, that heart get stirred. Turn on a song, even if it's in your bathroom because you have no privacy in your home. And you are like, I will be out in a minute. Put your earbuds in, play a song. <laughs> and even if you can't, physically dance say you're um you know at your desk and you know you just don't want anybody to know that you need that moment mm -hmm. let your heart dance and your body will follow it doesn't have to literally physically dance but your physical body will feel that love that you've given yourself mm -hmm. and um i also want people to know that my, my form of dance is not a dance that is um, the forbidden dance. I am not one to um, flaunt and force my feminine sensuality uh, to the point of people feeling uncomfortable. It is a celebration of being beautiful uh, from within and having fun mm -hmm. and letting go and not being judged or feeling um, that you're not safe. You are beautiful and wonderful and magnificent. And if you don't feel that way, then just uh, take a few moments to send me a message. I will send you a little reply and tell you you are beautiful and amazing and I love you. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I hope that, you know, people 
could um, relate to my story. Um, there's so many levels to my story as well that there has to be something out there that somebody can uh, either it, it doesn't affect them personally. I know that there's somebody that they may know and they'll say, hey, I just heard this incredible story and I thought of you. So if this is a way for um, people to reach out and connect to somebody that they thought of, um, I would love that. I really hope that that happens and know that, um, you know, if we can get through this, we can get through a lot more. And whoever's listening, I mean, we made it this far and that's amazing. Yeah. Mm, so beautifully said. Oh, I love you. <sighs> I love you too. <laughs> This podcast is just going to be from, from about love from now on. <laughs> Artists that just love. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so I have in the past called Jamie um, my dance soul sister. And it's, it's just so much more than what those words are because I definitely feel your energy, your vibe, just like pulsating through my entire being. And I felt that way from the moment we got on the call. Um, and I still feel that. And I know I will carry it with me throughout the rest of the day because I even told my husband prior to getting on, I was like, my ego is going to be so... Oh, girl, I talk about you anytime I can. Okay. <laughs> when I'm on my Instagram live chat, Facebook chat, I'm like, oh, have you um, listened to Beyond the Studio podcast? Do you. you ever check out JP Bollywood? Um, oh, my, my good friend, Dietree. Oh, yeah. I love you. Um, so, so Jamie and I are going to log off and we're probably going to continue to just soothe each other's ego for a little bit. <laughs> but I really hope that, um, on a serious note, I really hope that everyone listening really had a chance to take away um, such an inspiring and, and, and an influence, um, such an inspiring and influencing person that has so much experience and just has so much also gratitude for life, you know? Yes. And I feel like that's one thing that, you know, draws me so much to you is that you love life and mm -hmm. you live it. You live it so well and it's so great, um, with so much grace and so much beauty um, inside and out. <sighs> and, you know, I, again, we're just that, gonna hang out after. I You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> oh, I love you. Um, you know, listeners, just please um, follow Jamie, aka Miss J. I will link her Instagram, her Facebook, her Patreon. She is on Patreon, so make sure you sign up. Um, it's a monthly subscription to classes and workshops. And I mean, you can't see this video right now, but she has this beautiful beautiful flower oh, in her hair gorgeous so gorgeous oh my goodness and she'll show you how to do your hair makeup and of course how to be just full of love for yourself yes um thank you all for listening and have a blessed day mm -hmm.